This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hi, I'm Dan Primack, and welcome to Axios Recap, where we dig into one big story. Today's Friday, May 14th. Gas prices are up, indoor mask mandates are down, and we're focused on America's sudden worker shortage. One of the most confounding parts of last week's abysmal jobs report was the disconnect between the slight rise in unemployment and those help-wanted signs all of us keep seeing on the windows of restaurants and retail stores and really everywhere. Now, to some, this is a big, bad government story. So long as extended unemployment benefits keep flowing, many potential workers will remain on the sidelines. To others, it's a wages story with lots of people who reevaluated their lives during the pandemic and realized they no longer wanted to put in 40-hour weeks for employers that didn't pay them a living wage, particularly if childcare remains hard to find and the virus continues to make certain jobs more dangerous. To everyone, it's a problem that needs fixing. So today we want to speak with someone who employs tens of thousands of Americans and who's seeking to add a lot more. Brian Nickel, CEO of restaurant chain Chipotle. We'll discuss starting wages, why he thinks it's so hard to find workers, and what he plans to do about the CDC's new guidance on fully vaccinated people no longer needing to wear masks indoors. That conversation in 15 seconds. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. We're joined now by Brian Nickel, chairman and CEO of Chipotle. So, Brian, your company recently announced plans to increase the average wage for workers to $15 per hour. Why? Well, look, what we saw is the market is just becoming more and more competitive for the skills that we needed in our restaurant. It made a lot of sense for us to probably be one of the ones that leads on this. Our organization's always been focused on investing in our people. And we want to attract the right people and retain these people so that, you know, not only do they start out as a crew member, but ultimately they become one of our restaurant managers uh, so that they can move from that average hourly wage to a salary north of $100,000. Well, I'm curious, why the decision to make it an average of $15, which means some people could make 11, some people could make 18 or, or more, as opposed to just say $15 minimum wage floor at Chipotle? Yeah, so the, the main reason is, as you look around the country, the competition really sets the wage for the skills that we hire for. But if you're trying to lead, you don't care about the competition, you're trying to lead on it, you said. No, I'm saying in the marketplace, in order to attract the right person uh, to join our organization, you know, it's they're always benchmarking what it takes 
um, for them to make the decision to join a restaurant company. And obviously, the thing that I think is most important isn't necessarily the fact that you just joined today. Hopefully, you're joining because you believe in the company's values, the purpose, the fact that you want to grow with us, and you move from an hourly wage to ultimately being a manager making $100,000. So, you know, the range is somewhere between, I think, $11 and $18. So there's places where we're paying well above the $15, obviously. You've been in the restaurant industry for years. You were at Taco Bell, you were at Pizza Hut before this. How does the current labor market compare to labor markets of the past? Yeah, look, I've, I've never seen anything like this um, where it is really tight. And, you know, I think you've kind of got this confluence of things occurring, which is our business is just bounced back or snapped back really quickly. So all of a sudden you had a huge demand go up that required a lot more labor to, to service that demand. And it happened everywhere. You know, usually you have winners and losers. And in this scenario, everybody has had a major bounce back from what I've seen in results, it looks like we've had one of the bigger bounce backs. And then you layer in, you know, you've got a lot of people that unfortunately, until their children have either school or child daycare coming back, it's hard for them to re-enter the workforce. So they're sitting on the sidelines. And then you also have, you know, a scenario where you've received stimulus and uh, additional benefits that, you know, traditionally haven't been there as well that you're kind of competing against too. Let me ask about the, that last part you mentioned, the, the stimulus and extended unemployment benefits. How big a role do you believe that's playing? Because it's obviously become a pretty hot topic politically. Yeah, you know, it, it's actually been more of a, you know, earnings situation they've probably experienced in the past. Then you couple that with the fact they really haven't had the ability to spend it on anything. So their savings have gone way up. Uh, their earnings have gone up and their spending went down for a period of time. You know, you layer in this additional stimulus, and I, I've heard this from some of our employees, and I totally get this. They're like, look, you know, what I've been doing, frankly, for the last couple of months is only going to two places, Chipotle for work and home. And you know what? Now I finally have some flexibility to do other things. So we've had employees where I would say we've had a higher rate of call-offs where they're just saying, you know what? I'm going to take the next two or three days because a lot of things are open that haven't been open. And I'm in a much better financial position than I have been in the past, but I'll be back. You know, I'll be back on Monday. And so you've got that additional technique that you're dealing with as well. So it's hard to really say it's unemployment benefits versus childcare versus I had tremendous savings over the last couple months. And frankly, a lot of options to do a lot of other things besides work right now. Chipotle has talked about wanting to hire a lot more people in part because you plan to open a lot more stores, I think another 200 or so in 2021. Can you help me understand what's driving the decision to expand when you still have some economic uncertainty? And I, and I am curious, is part of it the fact that there's a lot of available commercial real estate right now because other restaurants and other things went out of business? Well, actually, the reason why we're uh, so optimistic about expansion is as we continue to open restaurants during COVID and now as COVID is starting to wind down, we're getting tremendous returns. We're opening restaurants north of $2 million. And so we're getting great returns because it costs us about eight or $900,000 to build a restaurant. And look, the other thing that's definitely true is commercial real estate or landlords, they love the idea of having a Chipotle as an anchor tenant. You know, uh, we've got a great balance sheet, no debt. Yes, restaurants went out of business, but a lot of restaurants are coming back. And it's one of the more resilient entrepreneurs that exist. 
I'm seeing a lot of hiring signs as I travel around the country, and I'm seeing a lot of restaurants still opening. When you talk about that restaurants coming back, I think the latest jobs report showed that while hospitality was the biggest grower, including food and beverage, you were still several million jobs short of pre-pandemic levels. When do you think, or does it, equalize? I, I think over the course of this year, it does equalize. Because as I mentioned, I think you're going to see a lot of the small business entrepreneur come back over the next you know, six to nine months. And then the combination of our businesses now operating at a higher sales level, as well as us continuing to open restaurants, I think you're going to see that phenomenon play out across the industry. So, you know, I, I continue to believe that as we get through 21, barring we don't have a major setback and the vaccines continue to roll the way they're rolling and they prove to be as effective as they have been. By the time you get to the end of 21, early 22, I think it looks really good for our industry. Um, Brian, on Thursday, the CDC announced that fully vaccinated people needn't wear masks or socially distance indoors. What is your thought process about changing the policies for customers and employees at Chipotle? Frankly, it's a great question. We're working through it right now because, you know, look, we at the end of the day, we want everybody to feel you know, that they are executing their experience with safety, right? So, you know, obviously, as more and more people get vaccinated, I think the CDC continues to give us guidance. We'll continue to follow that guidance and do it in the best way possible for our customers and our employees. Could you foresee any situation in which you would need to show a vaccine card to go into a Chipotle without a mask? I think that's going to be really hard to implement. I don't foresee that happening. I, I think where this is headed is hopefully we get to a place where so many people have the vaccine that we won't be in a situation where that's going to be necessary. Do you expect that if and when Chipotle makes a policy change on this, there would be a policy change for both customers and employees or that one of those groups would probably demask first? This is me just speculating. I, I think you're going to see customers probably move before employees. Because you're already seeing states remove mask mandates. And depending on where you are in the country, there's clearly preferences or strong opinions one way or the other on the masks. So I think with the higher incidence of vaccines, you're going to see more and more discretion given to the customer for them to choose whether or not they want to have a mask or not. They hopefully know, hey, it, the best way to go is being vaccinated. Brian, final question for you. Uh, we are 15 months or so into this pandemic. We keep talking about reopening and Chipotle's numbers going up and hiring folks. What, if anything, is going to be permanently different about the restaurant business from February of 2020? So the ability to access food digitally and off-premise is going to be permanent. I think it's going to be in addition to, though, people wanting to go back to dining in restaurants. You know, uh, there's nothing better than sharing a meal with family and friends. And I think those occasions are going to come back. But, you know, at the end of the day, you're going to have to have access that allows people to do it off premise and do it digitally. Brian Nickel, CEO of Chipotle. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Welcome back. What we're watching today is the U.S. House of Representatives, which had a very busy morning, even though no new legislation was passed. First, House Republicans elected New York Congresswoman Elise Stefanik as chair of their conference, replacing Liz Cheney, who was ousted earlier this week for continuing to tell the truth about the legitimacy of last November's presidential election. Why it matters is that Stefanik, as the number three House Republican, will have a key role in crafting the conference's messaging. Second, House Republicans and Democrats 
reached agreement on the ground rules of a 9-11-style commission to investigate the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. Each party gets five members, and the commission will have the authority to issue subpoenas, so long as both the Democratic chair and Republican vice chair agree. And finally today, yet another sign that things may be returning to normal. Variety reports that the giant Chicago music festival Lollapalooza plans to take place from July 29th to August 1st, quote, at near to or full capacity. So very good news for music fans, not great news for anyone who lives within earshot of Grant Park. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. It's my producers, Naomi Shaven, Sabina Singani, Justin Kaufman, and Alex Sugiara. Please be sure to leave us a review. And if you're not already following or subscribing to the podcast, do so. Have a great national buttermilk biscuit day. And we'll be back Monday with another Axios Recap.